Hello everybody and welcome to the second episode of Educate Equalities podcast. As you all know, this series is all about empowering women from every walk of life. So I am so, so happy to be here today, joined by my very, very, very good friend, Amina. Amina, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi guys, my name is Amina. I'm a second year medical student, actually just got into second year, um, at Keele University. And I am also a Muslim woman who's been wearing the headscarf since I was 14. So I have an experience of both not wearing a headscarf and wearing a headscarf. And I can tell you right now um, that there's a huge difference between the way I was treated in both. Um, So yeah. That's really interesting actually, like really interesting. That was the first thing that came to your mind to speak about. Um, Yeah, so today is obviously all about what it's like what it's really like to be uh, um, an Islamic female um, because I think there's so many stereotypes and also you face a lot of oppression and so just to kind of narrow those all together um, okay first one which I think that you are going to have probably got a lot is that Muslim women are oppressed and forced to wear a hijab yeah I I get asked a lot did your dad tell you to wear it Do you know what? I think they get it from TV and all of the shows that have Muslim girls in it. For example, Elite. I hate that show, by the way. The way they Mm -hmm. present Muslim girls is disgusting. And it's like, oh, your family forced you to put it on. You can't do anything without without it. You can't leave the house without your dad say so, et cetera, et cetera. And you just want to be liberated from it. Like, can we not have a show where there's a Muslim person in it that wants to wear the heads off that just wants to show that they're Muslim like visibly oh the amount of times I've gotten have you were you forced to wear that and I don't even want to reply and like justify it with an answer but then if you don't they'll be like oh so you were forced and then I'll just carry on this stigma that they have about it yeah Uh, I very much was not forced and no one told me to put it on (laughs) um I think in terms of like being a Muslim girl at the time it's more of a journey and if you're ready to put it on then you're ready to put it on and um, that's yeah. not say that isn't um, obligatory. So Muslim women have to wear scarves, but it's your choice whether or not you listen to that. Same way, you're not supposed to drink alcohol, you're not supposed to smoke, but you choose to do it. It's the same way as wearing a headscarf. Like, it's obligatory to do it, but people choose not to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's where people confuse culture with religion as well. Because in many cultures, um, they wear the scarf, but it's not a religious thing. They wear it for their culture. That's loads of... Um, like Middle Eastern, Asian countries, um, just wear a scarf on their head, just purely because they just want to. Um, but it's nothing to do with wearing a headscarf for the sake of like Islam. I just think people need to understand that it's the choice. Yeah. I'm not saying that there aren't people who are forced, because obviously there are people that are yeah. forced. I would put money on there being more people that chose to put it on than people who are forced. Yeah. If that yeah. Yeah, no, that was yeah, incredible answer. Um, and I think you put it so perfectly. And actually, I watched a um interview with Piers Morgan probably about two weeks ago, and he was having a um a discussion with a Muslim woman, and her sisters don't wear a headscarf, and she does, and she because she chooses to because we talk. I know you said earlier about people say you want to be liberated but isn't it so liberating to be able to make your own decision and be able to decide whether you do or don't want to wear why is it liberating to like take clothes off yeah i like women's marches and stuff but it's not to do it the opposite way around when you see celebrities like Billie eilish who 
the male gaze, for example, and she's praised for wearing her baggy tops, baggy trousers, um, things like that. But then when a woman wears a scarf, it's like, oh, you're forced to do that. Yeah. Why? Why do we think? Why do we think that is? I yeah. No, I completely agree. And I think, yeah, whether you want to um, take your top off at a woman's march or whether you want to wear your headscarf because that's what you feel liberated to do, they're both just as liberating as each other. The the paramount thing there is having control and having autonomy over your own body and whatever you choose to do you know that's that's the liberating part of it so yeah I totally totally agree so I know you spoke about it's your choice whether you listen to that religion or not and if we go back into um Christianity well Christians aren't supposed supposed to eat pork Christians aren't supposed to live together before they get married Christians are not supposed to sleep together before they get married they're not supposed to do so many different things like blaspheme but they do you know Chris in Christianity for some reason it's more acceptable to go against your religion I can completely understand why people have these views I don't know how many Muslims there are in the UK um, but it's obvious to state that there's more of them in highly populated cities, so like Leicester, Birmingham, Manchester, yeah. London, all of those cities, there's obviously more. So in the countrysides, in the shires, there aren't going to be as many. So if you've never yeah. met a Muslim in real life, the only, the only concept you have of a Muslim person is from TV. But most of the time, you're not going to see something positive about a Muslim yeah. woman in the news or a Muslim man even, or just the religion in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the only view you're going to have. And I kind of feel bad for the fact that this is all you're going to get. Um, I see it in children. Children remind me of adults who have never met Muslims before. And children yeah. always ask me, what's on your head? What's on your head? What's on your head? And I know that it's completely innocent. Because I'm yeah. like, oh, you've actually genuinely never seen this. Or if you have, you're like, you've never asked. Or you've never been in a space that you're comfortable enough to ask. And I do work in a summer camp. And there's loads of children there who have never been around a Muslim woman or never been taught by a Muslim woman so when they see it they're like oh my god what is that and I just explain to them what it is and they're fine with it they're just like oh okay and they run about they're just like oh okay nothing to do with me um but I think that that's because they don't have a preconception of it I taught a little bit of religious education in school and don't get me wrong it's much better than when I was in school because when I was school in school all we really learned about was Christianity and maybe we would have learned a little bit about other religions but not enough to actually inform the ed- uneducated yeah. ones about what it is what was your religious education like in school um it was all right I think but I think it was because it was in a well-funded state school um like yeah. it was in a good area um we did trips we visited more synagogues churches um I remember those I remember learning about religions but i remember not knowing much about nothing was in depth it was okay islam five pillars done one main prophet done and then there was like christianity ten commandments done it was very much yeah just a minimum for a child but i also think that you don't really need like children don't really need to know much more apart from oh this is what they believe this is why this is what these are the beliefs that you should respect um for example don't ask um a Jewish or Muslim person to eat pork yeah or don't ask them to come to the pub with you for example Mm -hmm. like basic understanding of the religion so you know how to like navigate life with these people um but it wasn't I don't think 
it's needed to go in depth, but I do think that more needs to be done to reach that level of understanding, which again is a basic understanding. So I don't know why it's still not being met. And it's funny you talk about the pub because I remember when we first met and we worked together, all of us celebrated on our last day of the summer and someone in the group has suggested going to the pub and we all were just like, I don't know if you remember this, Um, and we ended up going to a pancake shop. Can you remember this? Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm so uncomfortable. I'm not coming. I'm not coming. Why would you put me in that situation? I'm not going to. It's literally like you're supposed to treat. If someone tells you they don't drink, just respect it and move on. Go and do something else. If it doesn't harm you, you're not going to die without going to the pub. Just go go elsewhere. You can talk. A park. A pancake shop. Yeah. It doesn't do. It does nothing for you, but it respects the other person's boundaries. And I know that if I wasn't backed by the other people that were there, I would have just missed the whole motive and everyone would have just gone to the pub. Yeah. Which is what happens a lot. Yeah. Then you're going to work the next day and you've missed all the gossip from the pub the night before. So it's kind of isolating, but if you're not going to respect me, then... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right, next one is Muslim women are not allowed to party. Now, I actually want to start off here by saying... I know, Mina, you love a party. Really want to get your take on it. Okay, so in Islam, you're not allowed to party, for example, with the opposite sex. So like a male mate, for example, or a cousin or something. Like You just can't do that. But there are girls-only parties that are just as fun. Um, But maybe I think that like, for example, at university, I've, I've never stepped foot in my SU because I know yeah. that I'm not allowed. Like, I know that my religion says that I'm not allowed to. That is my choice to listen to that specific ruling in my religion. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have to try and stick to as many rulings as you can. But I personally won't ever go to a concert, a party, uh, the SU at uni. Like, I won't do any of that stuff. Um, but I do love a girls' party. And I will admit that girls' parties are great. Um, yeah. so I'd say that person's 50% correct. Um, okay, so this one again, I know that you're going to disagree with, um, but one of the assumptions I had was that um, Islamic families place little value on family life. Yeah, that's, I definitely disagree with that. Um, but again, I think it's more just the specific family you're dealing with. In any mm-hmm. religion, you're going to find the nuclear family and then you're going to find a dysfunctional family then you can find yeah. every family is dysfunctional in their own right right so this is this is what i and i don't want to interrupt like but what you're going to say but you don't walk in to a christian's household and say right guys um are we praying before dinner or do you pray a little bit before dinner um you know like who's saying grace tonight it's not not every single family not every single household you walked into has a cross up on the wall and the same with the jewish family as well you know like or any religion um, every single religion every family is different yeah and just because your religion might unite you it doesn't mean that you are all exactly the same like you know and it, and it just baffles me sometimes that 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 how generalized people can make these yeah. things I think that if you're going to look at any religion and look at it for its sense of family and sense of community, Islam would be up there. 100%. I think 
the most recent Eid that just went past, my local mosque do a big Eid in the park. So it's a big Eid prayer once in the morning. Um, and usually they do like six throughout the day so that more people can make it. But they changed it to the park so that um, everyone could fit in at once. And yeah. so many people from around my area, which is around North London, came to this place, came to this park. And it was so full, so full of life, of joy. And everyone came with families. Everyone was in their families of, I'd say, minimum six six people in the family yeah it was if you if you think that people in islam like or islamic families don't value family then Mm -hmm. i don't know what families you know because i know that out of all my friends who are muslim they place so there's even like hadiths which mean quotes from like the prophet's times um that put so much emphasis on family and your parents and Mm -hmm. siblings um especially your mother like your mum is top out of everything like disrespecting your mother is like one of the biggest sins in islam yeah. and i'm guessing it's like that for most of the abrahamic religions anyway mm-hmm. but yeah i completely disagree with that because especially if you've met me i have such big fat i have such a big family and i have such big yeah. families how could you how could you even think that i think that I know. family especially they have so many children so many cousins so many aunts and uncles how could you not think that oh look big family yeah the loving family like just need to become friends with one muslim person 100 percent. find a way to get invited to their house and you'll see yourself yeah and families and that is exactly what had happened like we spoke earlier that's exactly what happened with me and you i had probably never i mean i must have been 18 or 19 at the time i went on ncs and i grew up in a really white populated village and then moved to east london worked in north london obviously met you and, and admittedly i'd never had a muslim friend before but um, I mean I'm not a prejudiced person at all so I kind of educated myself anyway but there were probably stereotypes that I had that I don't even remember that you definitely would have discouraged yeah um, you know like probably probably the the party thing like I, I suppose I used to think and I'm being completely transparent here because I think it's so important to know that I wasn't born knowing everything and that I actively educated myself but I think um, I kind of always assumed when I was younger that any anyone of um anyone Islamic was probably going to be really reserved and you know kept themselves themselves and also yeah and and also like probably wouldn't be up for a laugh but we laughed like I cannot tell you how much we laughed we it was honestly the best time like the best time ever and it's and it's um it was such a diverse group of people wasn't it as well like I know it's I get a lot of stick I do get a lot of stick doing this being a white British female because I suppose the only um the only oppression that I might face is 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 being a female misogyny but that's not I don't do it because I want to be like, oh yeah, here I am, the savior. I do it because I am. I have got this platform and I've got this privilege, and people tend to listen to me because I have this privilege. So I'm going to use that the best I possibly can. But I also think it has to start with someone. It has to start somewhere. Yeah. And no one's going to listen to the person it's happening to. Mm-hmm. Someone else is going to have to bring yeah these issues to light. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hope, I hope that's what I do. So. I know you've just graduated. Yeah. Um, and one of the things on here, which probably goes on the back of the the having a little value on family life, it, is that someone um, 
had an assumption that a lot of Muslim women are discouraged from education. I think what it goes back to is that I think a lot of people think that Muslim women are very oppressed and that they just stay at home while a man goes out to work and that's it. Now, obviously, you've just graduated and you're in medical school. Um, so we know that that is definitely not the case for you, but I think that it just goes back to history. And yes, that would have happened in history, but that happened in history for everybody, not yeah. just Muslims. Like Every this happened ever. And I'm yeah. not going to lie, in this day and age, you need two salaries to be able to yeah. live. Yeah. So the fact that your husband can just go to work and you're chilling in your house, that's a privilege in itself. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's not it's not the worst life that you could live. Just <laughs> staying at home whilst yeah. you're literally chilling watching Netflix every day. Yeah. Um but no, I agree. I can see where this comes from. Um I I think that nowadays it's a given that everyone goes to university. Like mm-hmm. every from it's just normal now to go to university or, or get an apprenticeship or something. Yeah. Um but whatever you do after your degree, that's your like that's your own business I think at 18 um you're not old enough to make huge life decision decisions um so most people just go to uni pick a subject that they enjoy and once they finish if they get married they get married if you get a job you get a job if you move abroad you move abroad education is a huge thing especially in my family um education is a huge huge thing and everyone I know I graduated there's what I have one group of friends at uni and there's eight of us and we're all Muslim and we all graduated together. My, I'd say like 30% of my year, my graduating year were Muslim actually. Yeah. Um, so I think that families do place an importance on education, but whatever you do after you've got that degree, it's up to you. As long as you've got that degree, in case anything happens and you need something to fall back on. Um, yeah. But I, I, yeah, I'd say again, that one's definitely false. It's, it's your choice whether or not you're going to education at the end of the day. Some, some people are just not made for yeah. education. Um, but, I think that most families encourage their girls now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, you know, like from your photos and things, all your family looked so proud of you. There was, you know, they looked so, so, so proud of you. So I've got literally one more. And then if you want to add anything, feel free. And the last one is probably the one that um, I, so when I, I taught religious studies for a little while, it wasn't my main subject, but I did teach it for a little while. And one of the one of the topics we studied was marriage. And in that in that in that subject, sorry, when we were studying marriage, we looked we didn't just look at one specific religion. We looked at all of them and the differences. And I was teaching in again a very white populated area, and a lot of people had this assumption. So this isn't anyone any's put in. This is just from my experience that Muslim marriages are always forced marriages. And I would love mm-hmm. for you to set that record straight and and give the, give your input on that. Um, so obviously, forced marriages do exist, but that nothing. It's nothing to do with religion. It's mostly to do with culture. It's to 100%. do with honor, like honoring your family in the culture that you're from. Um, and it happens in loads and loads and loads of different countries. Um, there's a show actually. Um, Oh, I don't know what it's called, but basically it's how a task force has been set up in the UK to like a specific one for the police to be able to help girls who've been through forced marriages and who are yeah. going through it right now, like 16, 17 year old girls who've run away from their family um, and like actually make it a chargeable offence. Um, so I'm not going to try and like belittle forced marriages. It is a thing. They do happen. Yeah. But it's yeah, yeah, yeah. 
absolutely nothing to being Muslim. Um, I think people get mixed up between arranged marriage and forced marriage. And arranged marriage is literally me saying, I think you're compatible with this person. Why don't you meet them? That, your friends could do that for you. Yes. I, I know people who met their husbands through their friends. That's literally an arranged marriage. Like I've literally said you two would be perfect. Get to know each other. If it works, it works. You get married. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, I also know loads of love marriages in Islam. So I think that, again, yeah, let's set the record straight. This, that is definitely not a Muslim thing. Um, very much a cultural thing. And um, in Islam, there are so many... Um, I'd say if you want to set, like, do your own research into this, it would be... You would find it very interesting. But yeah. there's, like, so many rights that a woman has in a marriage in Islam. And it's so crazy that the religion gives you this much, this many rights. And people still think that marriages are forceful for women. Yeah. Um, and the main one I'd say is there's this one that goes, um, your money is your money and his money is your money. So technically your husband cannot touch any of your money, but yeah. you can take, like he has to spend his money on you and you don't have to spend your money on him. Yeah. Um, that's just one right that you have. And that's huge. That's like, technically, if you didn't want to, you don't have to pay one bill. Yeah. One don't have to pay anything like if that's not a huge protection on your side then I, I don't know what is yeah like yeah I feel like absolutely yeah, and, I mean ahead. as much as it doesn't seem very like feminist because it's not um having that equality the point is is that it's not a it's not oppressing women yeah. at all it's not oppressive I, I hadn't heard of love marriages probably until I was maybe 18 um I I kind of I knew that there was forced marriage and arranged marriage but then in an arranged marriage you have got yeah a, an arranged marriage and then you've got um a love marriage and a love marriage kind of speaks for itself it's when you meet someone and you actually think okay I think we're compatible let's see if we can get yeah, married and you know just as you would just as, as you would in in many other religions and then an arranged marriage is like you say it could be there's just a matchmaker you know yeah. I mean myself and Luke we met um naturally at work but I know that there are I've got a friend and they were set up on a date and they're getting married now so it's an arranged marriage you know like that that's literally it isn't it um you know like tinder 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 yeah. does arranged marriages <laughs> they were the main ones that i got and i think you've answered them so perfectly and exactly how you know i think that they're the most popular ones that probably whenever i try to educate anybody um so if anyone ever says a slur around me and this is the thing being white british people think it's okay to say racial slurs around me all the time okay yeah. and i get this and and actually what i do is i use that to my advantage and i'll always pick people up on it whenever i try to explain it this is exactly what i would i would say but these are also the the most common kind of things that that people will try and test me on you know yeah. like oh but this happens this happens and that's not good well actually no you don't know that you know so so listen to what I'm saying um is there anything that you would love to that you get a lot that you would love to to discuss or love to like set the record straight on uh, I think there's there's a few things but they're quite small in comparison to like other questions like for example um I feel like there's a running joke amongst all Muslims that during Ramadan where you literally can't eat or drink Okay. Oh yes, yes, not yes, yes. Water, not even more. Like, there's even merch that have that have, like Islam, Islam that Muslim-owned companies have brought out, like mugs, t-shirts that says like not even water, because the amount we get asked that 
because you touched on Ramadan, can I just, before you go, I know we've been like an hour and I will cut this down and I'll try and like switch all around. But I think that's actually one thing that I'm really interested in people getting to understand because um we when I worked at a school in um Haringey um and it was incredible incredibly diverse but there was a big divide between um Muslim and non-Muslim students and they had one day and it was the week running up to Eid where they did Muslim education for every single student and it was so incredible it was so empowering and they they had um uh, a question box in the main hall and people put their questions in and these questions were then um, answered by other Muslim students and it was incredible it was just so wonderful um, and one of the questions was about Ramadan it's like do you starve yourself for two months straight like you know exactly what you're saying and obviously that does not happen can you just explain what Ramadan is like why you do it because also I think that's just you know so empowering in itself and what actually happens okay so um Ramadan or we call it like Ramadan is like 28 29 30 31 depending on the moon and how long yeah. the month is um days of fasting and like worship so from morning till night you're supposed to be able to it's it, it's sort of the same vibes as Lent you have to give up anything that like desires yeah so you have to be careful of what your eyes see what your ears hear what your mouth says what your mouth eats um and like the places you go um and you have to just be thankful and like about everything thankful about the religion thankful for your god um and all of that basically for 30 ish days um and it's just about like it's one of the five pillars of islam so it's those are basically the five most important things about the religion and it's just there to I know, I feel like it's a month of you just being able to put your all into your religion instead of being distracted by like daily life, um, like work, family, jobs. Um, and you can just like worship basically for 30 days and like put your all into it, put your all into like concentrating on your prayers, concentrating on the good that you do to other people. Charity is, there's this one night, it's called Layla Stokhazev, it's called like, um, it's like the night of, like it's, the, it's called the most powerful night and so for example you can give someone one pound and it's as if you've given that one pound for many many years mm-hmm. um, and charity is such a big thing as well um but it's basically you have to be a good person for a month um yeah. and then hopefully you carry on the same things you do in that month in the months after and you just become a better person because of it the eating part is also like part of the desires um a lot of people say it's to feel what other people feel in different countries that don't have food. It's not that at all. Like, that's a big misconception. Um, but it's literally just being able to control everything that goes in your body and, and yeah. everything that you consume and everything that comes out. Um, but, yeah, we eat until sunrise and then mm-hmm. we don't eat until sunset. So in some countries, that's really short. It could be, like, 10, 11 hours. Here it's kind of long because the sun rises depends in the summer like so recently um the sun was rising at like 3 30 a.m and then setting at like 9 p.m so we wouldn't yeah. eat from 3 30 to 9 um but you do eat you don't starve for the month yeah you do eat you do drink water just not in that time period and honestly it it's literally it's so refreshing it's yeah. like people do intermittent fasting anyway 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What's the difference? The difference is that ours is religious. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's what Ramadan is. It's not, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy the nights. They're so peaceful. Yeah. Um, like hanging out with your friends, going to get boba after you've broken the fast, like night vibes. Just, it's, it's literally a really peaceful month. Yeah. And a lot of the time it leads, it's right before Eid, right? Yeah, so Eid is the day it ends. So yes. Ramadan will end at like, uh, sunset so it's, it's like 9 p.m and then at that exact 9 p.m eve begins and it will end depends how long it is like maybe two days three days it will end like yes. that sunset to the next sunset yeah yeah and eid is like um like a your version of christmas yes that's literally how i describe it i'm like yes yeah christmas yeah because though i had some students campaigning um from the school i worked at in harringay because obviously at christmas everybody gets two weeks off but half the school was muslim but they didn't get any time they were allowed one day off or two days off for eid um but it wasn't like celebrated as a as a, a cultural festival or anything um where it absolutely should have been you know celebrated like that i when it comes to that when it comes to those things i do think this isn't a muslim country do you know what i mean so like there's there's being respectful okay fine you can have one two days of school and then there's making it so obviously i would love to have two weeks off you like that'd be great yeah if you really want the place that you're living in to act like it's a Muslim country then move to a Muslim country if that makes sense like we can't yeah. expect huge okay I can expect you to have someone with me give me that day off yeah um, but I can't expect you to make sacrifices do you know what I mean yeah especially this not being so I completely understand but I think that when you get older and you realize that jobs don't stop because you yeah. and especially like I will hopefully be working in the NHS I probably will never get a deal for you and I say book it off a year in advance which is weird because we don't know the exact of eaters. So I yes. can't even do that. Um, yeah. So like we, you can't live life expecting people to make changes because of your own beliefs. I've also been asked if I shower in my headscarf before. Oh my God. That, I was, I actually looked at them, I was like, how would I shower? How am I supposed to reach my hair? How am I supposed to wash my hair? I've also had, oh my God, one of them was, it was raining outside. I had an umbrella. Someone was like, give me your umbrella. You don't need it. And I was like, why? And they were like, your headscarf is like you're not, like an umbrella. And I was like, so is your shirt an umbrella for your body? Like, I don't understand. Oh. Don't, don't be stupid. Like, there's so many thick, like random things that get said to me. Aren't you hot in that? Oh, I, I can't even cut. If I, if I had a pound for every time someone asked me if I was hot in my headscarf, I'd be a millionaire. Oh, my goodness. The other day, it wasn't the other day, it was in Easter. Um, I was on the bus with two Muslim girls. Uh, one other was wearing a headscarf, the other one wasn't. And they're both younger than me. I think one might have been 18, actually. Um, and we were on the bus. And this woman is on the phone talking to her friend about us, saying that Muslim women are, I don't know if I can say this word on your podcast, because it's very derogatory. Prostitutes. Oh. Um, oh my goodness. On the side of streets, begging for money come to this country, all they want is money, um, blah, 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 blah. And do you know what made it worse? She literally had an accent. You could tell that she was an immigrant. We are the same, honey. We're the exact same. And you're screaming at me on a bus. And we were fasting, so we were like practicing peace. 
So we yes. like, looked at me like, okay, you know what? She's not worth it. She's not worth it. She's not worth it. No one on the bus spoke up, by the way. It was No one else on the bus decided to step in or anything. But we were literally, we looked at each other and we were like, you know what, just ignore it, keep it stepping. Oh my God, thank you so much. I absolutely loved it. Have you got any, you don't have to, have you got any like final words that you would love to say? I'd probably say with all of these misconceptions that considering every single one was false, um, I'd say people need to do a little bit more research around yeah. religion. Maybe even, you don't even need to research, you just need to stop take, con- like consuming mm-hmm. media that's given to you and start thinking like independently. Yeah, you don't need to go and read the Quran. You can if you want to, but yeah, you don't need to do that. Just make sure that you know the sources that you're yes. getting your information from. Yeah. Um, I can promise you I think it's like 25% of the world is Muslim that's yeah. a quarter of the entire population yeah. of the entire world so how have you not met a Muslim person yet that's all yeah. I'm going to say yeah and also I sometimes I think of that and I think if quarter of the world is Muslim and you cons- and you think that um, all Muslims are terrorists because you obviously get that um, oppression quite a lot and you get that stereotype quite a lot then surely we'd all be absolutely fucked right now 100 100 do you know what i mean what of the world decided to suddenly turn on everyone i think you, yes i agree thank you so so much um and um yeah i honestly can't i honestly can't thank you enough i've loved it absolutely loved every minute of it thank you for having me my pleasure my absolute pleasure <laughs>